Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right. So, as Thad was explaining, what we generally do... Uh, for DreamCon, we do a regular show. We read a script just like we do for a regular show. And then afterwards, um, Chuck will call some of you guys up and he'll interview you. And it's something that we've done a few years and it seems to go pretty well. Everyone seems to enjoy it. But if you absolutely don't want to be interviewed or called upon or come up here that's cool too just let us know we won't won't do that but so we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about the life and death of elmer mccurdy some of you may that name may be familiar with you because we've done an episode on him before but it's been a while and i thought it would be fun to pull out the script and 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 do it again uh with you all here um, but, so, uh, we're also recording this for an episode, so I would like to remind everyone, Brandy. Brandy. That we are in a comedy podcast. Well, well we aspire to be aspire a comedy to podcast. Be funny. And sometimes, Brandy, we use adult language. And some people may be offended by that. But so Timmy, would you would you say it's adult language? Because you and I, Nina, would well, no, we can't count Nina. No, Nina. Because she talks weird. like that too. Yeah. But you and I are adults, Timmy. Right. right. That's not how we speak. Well <laughs> let's we have self control, you and I. And I'm not saying that, you know, Nina and Brandy doesn't have self-control, but I'm just saying they may use foul language. And um, we warn people not to, you know, if, they, if, if, if you're offended by adult language, then you may want to try it, you know, listen to one of Nina's other podcasts. She doesn't swear she on She behaves her on her own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she on her own. So, but br- let's, let's face it. We're talking about Brandy. <laughs> really, yeah. The elephant in the room here, Timmy, is <laughs> we can't control Brandy. Brandy swears. We cannot control Brandy. Sometimes 
Well, let, let's do it. Let me introduce a lady who is well-loved by her family. Um, <laughs> woman who, she's been, she's, she's been, what, what are you, what do I say about you now? We haven't done this in a while. Should I do the pill popping? Penis loving? Okay. No, it's right. no, 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 no. A lady, a lady who, who is uh, known, known as Brandy, Brandy the, the Benevolent. Benevolent. Yes. How did you get that name? You gave it to me. Yeah, I don't know what I was on. She is loved throughout the land. Her Majesty, Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy? How are you, Brandy? Easy, easy. I am fine. I'm on sabbatical. I'm here. I have one of my children in the audience, two of my children in the audience. So, not Noah. That would be a much different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Although Noah has spent quite a bit of time on our podcast. Noah, so. Noah wants to be a guest star so bad he can't stand it. He just, yeah, he struggles. But nope, everything's everything's rocking and rolling. Timmy, how are you? You're getting you're getting hitched. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm marrying the lovely of the angel. I know. She couldn't find anybody else to get a green card. What's happening? <laughs> Desperate times. Desperate I guess. Times. Shouldn't be. So she's amazing. But, but um, you really did well. <laughs> I know. None of us thought you would, though. I know. <laughs> but, but enough, enough about, about me. me. Right, right, right. Okay. Sorry. So, so Brandy, Brandy, you say you're on sabbatical. sabbatical. What, what does that, that actually mean? means I have no job. Okay. I am on a sabbatical. Which means you're not working. Yes, I said that though. You're sitting around I'm owning watching it. bad movies. I yeah. Brandy, mm -hmm. I Most feel like you're on Rumspringer. <laughs> why 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 is she calling me names? <laughs> I think it's what the isn't that what the Amish people do? That's what the Amish people do. I'm not Amish though. I can drive a car. <laughs> I do all the cool things that Amish can't do. <laughs> so, be no, don't. I'm not besmirching anybody. I'm just we saying I'm not Amish. Maybe fine Amish. I might be on Rumspringa. Well, if we have any Amish Rump listeners, they're not Jerry really Springer. Amish, Timmy. Any of those? Amish people don't have iPhones. What are you? Well, what are, what? I'm they just saying, cookies. what do we care about offending they the Amish? They do make cookies. They can't listen to us. Like we can cookies. say anything we want about them. <laughs> they do. They make good cookies. Yeah, I like cookies. Good pies. Yeah. We are very lucky to have uh, with us um, the lovely Nina from Already Gone and Dark Archive. And if, you, if you're not aware, Nina has a new gig. I always have a new podcast. It's you like it changes <laughs> with the fashions. Um, I'm hosting They Walk Among America with Rosie and Ben from They Walk Among Us. So, shout out to Rosie and Ben. And I uh, you, yeah, you listened to the last yeah. Yeah. episode of that, right? What was it about? You got to know, uh, Leanne is obviously staying with me. She, and so, we'll see. you know, and, and, you know, we have mom with us. So, I go in past my mom's room and I hear Nina's voice because she's listened to Already Gone. And then I come into my bedroom and... Leanne is listening to They Walk Among Us. So, like, 
Nina is in every room of my house. So I was in your bedroom. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. All right. What, what was that? What was the topic? I. Yeah. Oh yeah. Disarmed. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't feel good about any of that. Yeah, we did a we did a John Wayne Bobbitt episode, so I got to say I penis and that. orgasm and. I do yeah. enjoy. Yeah, good John Wayne Bobbitt never hurt nobody. See, it was very tasteful. I'm sure. Chuck, doesn't it <laughs> so tasteful. Doesn't it disturb you, Chuck, when people giggle when you talk about, you know, well, cutting off the penis? It it when when people are re- celebrating to me. Yeah. The disfigurement of a male. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it distasteful. Distasteful. That's all. Because I've, I've I, again we've heard her story. Right. There's two sides to every story. You know, and he's not going to tell his because he's just hiding. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not. But it seems that they repaired him well. You know, you can get you can get a full penis transplant. Franken penis is his whole gig (laughs) now. It's a a real thing. That's right. And that's why I never keep that's why I always keep a hand down there to me because, you know, well, you don't want one of those micro guys hiring oh, a gang. Of, yeah. yeah. You got to watch out. You got to watch out for snatch snatchers. There's a whole They're penis cartel out there, Timmy. And they'll, they'll grab your penis they and will, run. They will snatch your penis and go. Yeah. Dictimized. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> there is, yeah. <laughs> I have mine insured by Lloyds of London. <laughs> so. Renee can track it on her phone. It's one of those little tag things you put on your keys. It's not in her purse. On a mantle. <laughs> all right, are you going to introduce anybody else, or are we just oh, yeah, what's happening? Yeah, I get to we have all these I, people here, I've got my, and you're. I, I got my friend down there. The well, then do it. He, do it. He has been known. He has been called an oasis, an oasis in the desert of despair. No. No. Yeah. These are troubled times. <laughs> that is. He has, he's a best-selling author. He's not, though. The, he, tell uh, your no. book, Colonel, How to Make Love to a Woman. How to Make Love you have to a Woman. Yeah. Look at you, cologne. <laughs> he yeah. is a, he is, I got a, I got a wife, I got cologne, it's all. You don't have a wife yet, but the cologne is basically It's like you're a real boy now, Timmy. I know. <laughs> He is known throughout of the land. Well, no, he's not. That was you. He, <laughs> he is on Oasis in a Desert of Despair. A best-selling yes. author. Is not. A Any. man of God. What? <laughs> <laughs> he's a reverend. So am I. What does that say? Uh, he's a real reverend. Yeah. I don't. He's going to be performing at our wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be doing the laying of the hands, Timmy. The laying of the hands. You the, will very, not. the very honorable. A man of God, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm, I'm doing well, Timmy. I'm a, I'm a little sore. I'm a little sore, but other than that, I'm doing well. Last what? night, you guys left a little bit early, and then... We stayed at the at, at the place, and of course, you know, 
somebody said something and then all of a sudden it was all the colonels here and then there was people wanting, you know, as, as happens, various body parts signed and, you know, that gets harder. Yeah, and you had to sign a lot of boobs. Is well, and you know what? And you know who you are. One of them came to me with a crown, Timmy, <laughs> with a crown. And I was trying, I was trying, that it just wasn't sticking. You know, it right. just wasn't sticking. I was like, I know, I don't think this works. It's not working. And again, you know who you are. I'm not going to point out anybody, name names. Well, good. They were just like, oh, oh, it's working. It's working. Just press uh, a little harder. So, yeah. So it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how I'm my night was last I'm night. I'm going to go ahead and say that that didn't even come close. Oh, it did. To that. There were no. witnesses, but there I'm not going to not, not going to point out. But it. you're not going to point out any of them. But I'm excited to be here, Timmy. At my age, I'm excited to be pretty much anywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I know my name. Okay. Uh, well, how could you Colonel, forget? We are um, we are very happy that all of you have uh, decided to join us again this year. Um, we had a little break because of COVID and Brandy's drinking problem, but mm. we are, well, she's getting, she's doing okay. So we're, we're getting back and hopefully we can, you know, have these again, having this again next year. But we never plan too far ahead, do we Brandy? Well, yeah, it's gonna depend on Brandy's sentencing. <laughs> uh, are you wearing your ankle thing today? Whatever, it's not proven. I'm just <laughs> leave me alone. A, at this point, at this point, it's an allegation. It's just, yeah, it's just an allegation, <laughs> exactly. Very dirty allegation. But. <laughs> All right. So Ew. <laughs> Ew, you said that so gross. <laughs> Please, let's. Would you like to talk about Elmer McCurdy? I would. God damn, I'd love to fucking talk about this guy. <laughs> the Wild Wild West, Brandy. Produced a number of legends in the late 19th and early 20th century. Men like Billy the Kid. Now he really wouldn't be a man like Billy the Kid. I guess it would be like a kid like Billy the Kid. Yeah, we're going to keep going. Jesse James. You're familiar with Jesse James? Familiar, yes. Brad Pitt. And uh, Wild Bill Hickok, of course. Of course. They became household names. And there were also a number of female uh Heroines. Heroines. That's the word. Such as Bell Star and Annie Oakley. Did you know either one of them? Not personally. Okay. Thank you. There is one cowboy legend that you probably are not familiar with. One gunslinger who is more interesting dead than he was alive. The cowboy, of course, I'm referring to is... Elmer McCurdy. Elmer. Elmer J. McCurdy was born on January 1st, 1880. So you know what that means, Brandy. He was. Why? Why? Is it just because I'm sitting next to you? <laughs> His mama well, was no, full on pregnant happening. during Christmas. Huh? His mama was full on pregnant during Christmas. Yeah, his mother was pregnant during the holidays. Okay. And I don't know if you have ever been around a woman who is eight months pregnant. But even the Grinch can't suck the joy out of Christmas like a eight-month-old pregnant woman can. Well, he was born on January 1st. I wonder if he won the prize for first baby. I bet he did. We should, you should have looked that up. 
<laughs> when you made the script for those little tidbits. So anyway, he was uh, born in uh, Washington, Maine. His mother was Sadie. She was 17 at the time of his birth. She was unmarried at the time. Oh, for shame. Now, of course, in the 19th century, Brandy, that was a, that brought great shame being born illegitimate, as they would say. It is believed that Elmer's father was a man named Charles Smith. He goes by Chuck sometimes, mm -hmm. I suppose. Sometimes, sure. Turns out Charles Smith was Sadie's first cousin. That's amazing. Well, Keeping what it could in the go family. wrong? What yeah. could go wrong? <laughs> now, to save Sadie the shame of having a child out of wedlock, Sadie's brother George and sister-in-law Helen claimed that Elmer was their child. Wait a minute, is there Except more for, shame? Know, the whole, the is there more shame thing? in being unmarried or that you fucked your cousin? Where, where's the shame I, there? You know, I don't. How, I, how hot on that is, scale? Well, how hot is the cousin? I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a. There's just, okay, there's more shame to, okay. Sure. Elmer. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus. <laughs> Loved George, <coughs> and the two became very close. George taught Elmer how to fish, hunt, and use a rifle. Elmer was proud to be George's son. So, you know, it's working out. Yeah. Now, Elmer was, an was awkward as a child. When Elmer was eight years old, he was nearly killed by trying to milk a cow early one morning before daylight. You see, Brandy, it turned out that the cow Elmer was trying to, m to milk was actually a mule. The mule kicked Elmer in the head. Yeah. As a mule does. Hold on, Jimmy. When you pull it as penis. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to have to like call it. shenanigans on Elmer here. I think. Now, yeah, I think you knew exactly. They're not I am, even close. I am no oh, farmer. Farm, we, you know what? Person. We actually do have someone who knows a bit about. Mr. Trowbridge, could I borrow you for a minute? Could, you, could you come up here for just Clark a minute? Clark Trowbridge. Because he's from Michigan. He knows about farm. He stuff. knows these things. He knows stuff. Wait, Clark what, knows what? stuff. The difference between a donkey and a cow? Now, if you was. Why do I need You're Clark coming in here, that? Clark. This, let's say this table is a cow. There's the head up there. Yeah. You're going to milk the cow. Yeah. How would you approach that cow? From the side, right about where Nina is. Okay. Now, to get kicked in the head by a mule, where would you have to be standing? Not that familiar with mules, but <laughs> pretty much right about where I am now. So, why are we bringing in What Elmo was doing was standing behind <laughs> We're outsourcing and this. And then reaching between the legs. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Why? So Why there are you is picturing no way that? he could, with the evidence before you. He was probably doing something different than trying to milk the mule. Nefarious. Something nefarious. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I, 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 and I wanted somebody so that you're has. Saying, you're saying he was giving him a reach around. Is it what you're saying? I was, I'm saying <laughs> that, yeah, there's only one animal that you stand in that position to milk, and it is not a mule, Timmy. <laughs> so, so I, you're ex, you're an expert in this. I just, I. Oh, I grew up milking cows. Yeah, Brandy will belittle me, but go ahead. Clark's the expert. 
He was doing something nefarious. He was more than awkward. He was just downright goddamn strange. <laughs> so he was reaching between a mule's leg and saying, hey, buddy, you want to be friends? <laughs> and, the, and the mule said no. What Thank you. Fuck you bet. Anytime. I appreciate Thank your you, expertise, Clark. Clark. Thank you, Clark. Well, I mean, thank God we got Clark up here to explain why you shouldn't try and milk a donkey. I'm just saying, doing my I mean, forensic that, examination of that, to be kicked in the head by a mule, you got to be behind it. You can't be, mules don't have the joints to go sideways. You got to be behind the goddamn mule. So now you're a, a mule expert. I am not a mule expert. That's why I called Mr. Trowbridge up here. Are you, you know going to argue with him? <laughs> he didn't say that they couldn't kick sideways. Clark, can they kick sideways? They can. Well, I mean, but Thank they you. can. Wait a minute, but they don't always have to kick straight back. They can kick a little out. I'm not saying he's kung fu fucking panda or whatever. I'm just saying that if you're off to one side, that mule is just as likely to kind of kick you a little bit. Not on the. the he got the kicked in the story, goddamn head. He didn't take a the point little of clip the story on the knee. Is if he was trying to jerk off the mule, it's fine. That's where it's not he fine. Was. It's not fine. For the I mean, purpose of I've, us moving forward, I feel like it's we fine. just glossed over this. It's fine for me. Nay means nay, goddammit. <laughs> so. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Don't fuck with me. I'm just saying. You I drank water out of a hose as a kid. Don't mess with me. Okay. Are we, where are we? Uh, well, let me tell you. Figure it out. The injury, remember it kicked him in the head? Well, yeah. How could we forget? Uh, it left him in a coma for three days. Grammar. When he came to, he was left with a scar on his forehead and with a severe twitch. That he, that he would have for the rest Especially of his life. Especially around mules. Maybe the mule would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Tragedy would follow Elmer the rest of his life. That's why I can't see. His father, George, died unexpectedly when Elmer was just 10 years old. Elmer was devastated. Yeah. So, Brandy, tell us what happens next. I'd love to. Try to keep on script. Why don't you zip it? After George's death, Sadie and Helen moved to Bangor, Maine. Bangor? I didn't even know her. First of all, <laughs> I think as we can all attest, nothing good happens in Bangor, Maine. What the fuck ever? <laughs> I'm the old hillbilly that's down here going to say Bangor. And why would you go up there? Nothing good's up there. Cujo's up there. Christine. That's Castle Rock. It's yeah. fucking it's Castle Rock. You kiss my ass, Stephen Castle Rock. And Derry. And all in there. I just stay out of the state. So, all right. So they go to Bangor, Maine. And after the family settles, Helen discloses to Elmer for the first time that Sadie, and not Helen, is his biological mother. This also meant that George had not been Elmer's father. 
So he really shouldn't have even been upset when he died. Well, yeah. I, I got nothing. Maybe that's how they, you, do you think that's how they calmed him down at the funeral? He was like throwing himself on the casket and he came up and said, that's not even your day. You know what happened to me, Timmy? I'm just going to give you a brief thing. My, my son, Taylor, started law school. Yeah. So he sends these shirts home and there's a law, a shirt in there that says, uh, Chicago Kent College of Law, mom, down here. And then there's one for me that says Chicago Kent College of Law. And I was like, I called him and I was like, where's my, where's my dad's shirt, Taylor? And he said, you're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I know how poor little, I mean, yeah, but I mean, he's throwing himself at the casket and Sadie's saying, you know what, just grow up. That ain't even your real dad. Here's your real dad over here. You didn't lose a dad. Go over and give him a hug. It does make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. All right, so Elmer starts acting out as a teenager, and he's drinking, and he's fighting, and <laughs> the teenagers made fun of Elmer's twitch, and then he would threaten to kill them. So that's nice. That's lovely. Well... Uh, despite his internal turmoil, Elmer did his best to help his mother and aunt. He quickly became the man of the house. He only had three years of school, and the other kids would tease him about his appearance. I can't Why? believe they didn't tease him about the mother and aunt. Which one's which? Well, I think which that's one's which today, Elmer? A billboard down the road saying... Oh, people know. talk. Well, I'm sure people they do. Talk. But he's got a twitch. He can't. He's got a mother and aunt in the same well, house. That's true. Uh, all right. That are interchangeable. Clearly. All right. So despite all of this, Elmer learned to read and write and uh, cipher to the factor of three. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> it's finding the square root of something. God damn it. Open a goddamn book once in a while. I know. Ciphering. It's discovering the square root of something. Don't look at me because I know stuff. No. Don't get mad at me about that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit, but I'll look it up later. Thank you so much for that. Elmer did not have any friends, so he spent his free time reading dime, dime store novels about the Old West. Elmer dreamed of one day moving out West and becoming a gunslinger. He especially... <laughs> <laughs> fucking twitchy gunslinger. Exactly. That's what we... <laughs> that was... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, he especially liked reading about the exploits of Jesse James, and Elmer dreamed of robbing trains someday, just like his idol. Oh. It's good to have dreams. Yeah. I had dreams once. Elmer, uh, Elmer wanted to live out west where a man lived by his gun, and no one made fun of you for having a twitch. <laughs> Bullshit, Elmer. Jesus, Elmer. Unfortunately, young Elmer's bad luck continued as he grew older. When Elmer was 19, his mother died. Which one? And then his guardian <laughs> grandfather died a month later. Elmer was left adrift and started drinking heavily, which he continued throughout his short life. You can relate to that. Oh, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You're, you know. yeah. You're a bit adrift. And you you've been adrift. You, you're, you're a bit adrift, and you right do now. drink a lot. Where are you going with this story? 
No, I'm just giving the audience context. I'm pretty sure they figured it out. We've been together before. Okay. All right. Jackass. All right. <laughs> so he's adrift and he's drinking. Um, and it was around this time that Elmer left Maine and began to wander west, working first as a coal miner, then an in itinerant, itinerant plumber. Itinerant. That, that means off and on. Sometimes you'd be a plumber. Well, you can use them interchangeably, just just like he did his mama and his aunt. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> Jesus. All right. So in 1907, when Elmer was 27. <laughs> What's happening? I'm just reading the script. I know. Uh, he joined the army, and he was assigned to Fort Leavenworth as a machine gunner. <laughs> with a what twitch. you need? There a machine you go. gunner with a twitch. Oh, wait right a minute. Yeah. But he. They then gave Twitchy. Uh, they then trained him to use nitroglycerin for demonstration purposes. Yeah. <laughs> demonstration purposes. That is the one. The one thing you ask people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Jesus. handshake real bad when you're doing nitroglycerin? Yeah, that's not great. No. What could go wrong? While in, while in Kansas, Elmer thought about his lifelong dream of robbing a bank. It was then that Elmer decided he would apply his nitroglycerin training to, to robbery. And well, I, mean, I think it's great that you know he went to the military, he learned a trade, and now he's But he didn't, uh, Timmy, you know, in the script, he didn't put this part in, but later they, they made, they based a character off of Elmer McCurdy and Wiley Coyote. That wow. Who that would be. Yeah. Because can't you see all the nitroglycerin? I'd Wiley Coyote, so and he shook all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Why? Just why? Uh, just keep reading the we script, goddamn. We're trying to have a nice podcast, and you're all over there full of you shit. You have never, hold on. I'm calling bullshit on that. You have never one time tried to make this a nice podcast. I You've drug us down in the dirt. We're trying to have a nice time. No, no, no. Me and Timmy have worked hard to build a reputation in the podcast community, and every time we hit record, you sully it. You sully our reputation. You sullied. guys have a reputation. Sullied? Sullied, wouldn't you say? It's like, yeah, that girl that walks around those two dumbasses all the time. <laughs> that's history tweets. She's amazing. I don't know what they're doing. Chuck and I could have been somebody. We could have, yeah. <laughs> we, we could have been contenders, you know. It could have been, God damn it. It could have been me doing. Uh, uh, what? What is the one what, you do? What, uh, what, what is it, Elmer? Oh, God damn it. What, 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 what is it? <laughs> now I'm all locked up. You got me so frustrated. I'm twitching. Um, they walk. I could have been doing They Walk Among Us in America. Go milk a mule. If it weren't for you. Yeah. I'm getting really uncomfortable. You probably should. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So, Elmer is still a loner, surprisingly. Uh, and he met a few fellow soldiers who also wanted to make a name for themselves. Jesus. In 1910, Elmer and three other soldiers deserted their post to try their hand at bank robbery. What the fuck? You just try your hand. Like, you need a solid plan if you're going to go AWOL. Well, he's got training. Well, he's got nitroglycerin. Well, he can't. I just feel like 
that should be something that you plan out more and then say, okay, I'm going to leave the military and then I'm going to go do this because we've done one and we know how it works. Well, he didn't really leave the military, though. He went AWOL. He kept, well, he deserted his post. He kept him as a backup plan in case it went I awry. I don't know that that works that way, but all right. I just, you know, I can imagine what these idiots have done. In March of 1911, Elmer and three other men tried tried to rob the Mountain Missouri Pacific when they heard it carried a safe with $4,000 in it. Ooh. Although Elmer had done nothing like this in his life, Jesus Christ, he was considered the brains of the operation. <laughs> Twitchy is the brains, yes. All right, so uh, the stopped train, they stopped the train and quickly located the safe. Elmer soon went to work putting the nitroglycerin on in the safe door. But all his life he was overzealous <laughs> and just used too much. Uh, he not only obliterated the safe, but all of the money inside it. <laughs> because why? They don't know what the fuck. Because Wiley Coyote. He does everything Wiley Coyote would do. No, that's not it. All right, let's, so let's see. Uh, the bandits were only able to collect a small fraction of the dollar bills that had been blown to kingdom come. They blew up the fucking money. That is a rookie mistake. Elmer tried again in September of 1911 to rob the Citizens Bank in, how do you say that? Thank you, Chautauqua, Kansas. After spending two hours breaking through the bank wall with a hammer, Elmer placed a nitroglycerin charge around the outer vault door. The blast blew the vault door through the bank, destroying the interior but did not damage the safe inside the vault. Jesus suffering, fuck. Elmer then tried to blow the safe door open with nitroglycerin, but the charge didn't ignite. Having been denied a larger payday again, Elmer raided the cashier tray of $150 and fled. He hid out in a hay shed and drank heavily for several weeks. As one does. Anytime my bank robberies go foul, I have to, yep, that's exactly what I do. All right, so, still not discouraged, Elmer decided to try again, and on October 4th, 1911, Elmer planned to rob a train near Okessa, Oklahoma, when he heard that it was carrying his $400,000 in cash intended as payments to the Osage Nation. Colonel, have you ever been to Okessa? Oklahoma. I've been there. I've been there. When? <laughs> I'm gonna say Uncle the BS. spring of Uncle BS. Where were you? Oh, the spring, spring of 1981. 1981. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen your pictures from then. No, you weren't. I yeah, think you I went was to a Oklahoma. flock of seagull concerts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. far away. <laughs> All right. So. Elmer's fucking up this safe again. And so he takes under fifty dollars, he's drinking, he decides to try again. So on October fourth, nineteen eleven, they're gonna hit this train up. <clears throat> but Elmer's bad luck continued. <sighs> Jesus Christ, when he mistakenly stopped a passenger train instead. <laughs> fucking Elmer, Jesus God. That I you know, I think his partners had to call him. They didn't call him Elmer. Every time they used his name, they just said, God damn Elmer. I know. God, how would you like to be? But, you know, we're looking at this from the wrong 
perspective, really. I don't know that Elmo had bad luck. I think he had incredibly good luck. Who could blow a bank vault door through a bank and live to talk about it? That's one of the luckiest some bitches you're ever gonna be around. Yeah, we're not getting arrested. Yeah, we're not getting arrested. And he got $150, which is like $240,000 in today's money. <laughs> so. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Oh my gosh. So he stops the passenger train. His haul from that was $46 from the mail clerk, two cases of whiskey, an automatic revolver, a coat, and the train conductor's watch. The newspaper account of the robbery later called it one of the smallest in history of train robberies. <laughs> despite, despite Elmer's incompetence, his attempts at train robbery caught the attention of the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which was hired by the, by the railroads to keep rail service safe. The agents began an extensive manhunt for Elmer, uh, and the railroad put a $2,000 bounty on his head, dead or alive. See, I, you, I mean, really, should you put a, a dead or alive bounty on someone's head who stole $46? I mean, it seems like they're, you know, overreacting. <laughs> and he probably messed that up, too. That's true. So. <laughs> By this time, Elmer was also ill with tuberculosis. Ooh, the consumption. Yeah. <laughs> which he developed after working in mines and with a mild case of pneumonia, he was also on a 10-day drunk from the whiskey he'd stolen. I do know that feeling. <laughs> stolen whiskey. Uh, Elmer had hidden in a barn and planned to lay low until he could safely escape. However, a ranch hand who befriended Elmer decided to turn Elmer in for the reward money the next day, Pinkerton detectives, along with federal officers, had the barn surrounded. You just can't trust those ranch hands. No, shady. Elmer knew the only way he could escape the barn would be by creating a diversion. Elmer caught the hay inside the barn on fire. He released the horses and decided to make a run for it. What happened next is somewhat in dispute by eyewitnesses. Elmer was discovered, and soon a shootout between Elmer and the lawman took place. As Elmer was running, he tripped, took a tumble, landing on his stomach. While a local a fucking nightmare, man. <laughs> <laughs> While a local sheriff claims credit for shooting Elmer, other witnesses claim something different. No spoilers. Other witnesses claim the moment Elmer hit the ground, his pistol discharged, leaving Elmer with a mortal gunshot wound to the chest. Yes, these witnesses believe Elmer J. McCurdy shot his own self down. Elmer's good fortune finally ran out. It's very on brand for Elmer. <laughs> it is. I feel like it's that's, a, he got yeah. that autom it's that automatic pistol that he stole from the other thing. Asshole. It's karma. Yeah. All right. Regardless which story is true, Elmer J. McCurdy lay dead, having been shot in the chest. Even though Elmer's sad life was at its end, his story is just beginning. That's bad. Elmer's body was taken to the funeral home in nearby Pawhuska, Oklahoma. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> when were you there, Chuck? What were you doing? Tell me all about oh, it. Oh, I'm going to say it was, I, I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. um, it was 
1972, I remember because George McGovern was coming into town uh -huh. Uh -huh. to campaign for the presidency. Sure, sure, Can't sure. recall exactly what I was doing there, but that's when I was there, yeah. That when they were right, when McGovern was running for. Yeah. That's when you were in Pocahontas. Yeah, I was like, I was like eight years old. Paul Huska. Paul Huska. Paul Huska, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's when you were there. Hmm? Uh-huh. You're a jackass. You know that, right? I just went to There was you. actually a big event there around that time. That's there when, uh, absolutely was not. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Evil Knievel. Yeah. He jumped over some uh, shopping carts there. Yeah. yeah, not in 1911. <laughs> he was young. No. I mean, I, for fuck's sake. I'm sorry. Continue. Thank you. The undertaker embalmed the body with arsenic, a popular practice at the time to preserve a body for a long period when no next of kin were known. Months went by, and it seemed Elmer McCurdy's body would never be claimed. Then... The undertaker had an idea. He dressed the corpse in street clothes, placed a rifle in the hands, and stood it up in the corner of the funeral home. <laughs> he advertised that visitors could pay a nickel to view the bandit who wouldn't give up. I'd pay a nickel for that. Would you pay a nickel for that, Brandon? Dude, of course I'd pay a nickel for that. But that's so sad. That poor little clod just fucked up everything even in death he's fucked up because you know people are sticking gum to him and stuff <laughs> for five years the undertaker displayed elmer and made a fortune the undertaker's luck though would soon run out when a man showed up claiming to be elmer's long lost brother with a ruling from a local judge who was bribed elmer's body was turned over to his brother for a proper burial However, it later turned out that the man claiming to be Elmer's brother was actually a man named James Patterson, not the author, the owner of the Great Patterson Traveling Circus. Elmer's corpse became popular, became a popular exhibit in his freak show, The Outlaw Who Would Never Be Captured Alive. And this went on until 1922 when Patterson sold his operation to a traveling museum of crime. <coughs> which featured wax replicas of famous outlaws like Bill Doolin and Jesse James. <coughs> Elmer's corpse had traveled all over the country and had been on display at this point for 22 years. In 1933, Elmer's body, now mummified by the arsenic, was acquired by Hollywood director Dwayne Esper to promote his exploitation film, Narcotic. I don't know what to do with that. Why? It's a cautionary tale. I guess. Elmer's whole life was a cautionary tale, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, yeah. so read the next Elmer was <laughs> placed in the lobby of theaters as a dead dope fiend, whom Esper <laughs> claimed had killed himself while surrounded by police after he had robbed a drugstore, probably of cocaine, mm -hmm. to support his habit. Gross! Why? Why? That's like a stick in a dead body over up there. This man might have saved the lives of... Tens of people. Tens. Yeah. <laughs> Six, seven, at this least. Easy. Okay. By this time, the skin on McCurdy's body had shriveled and hardened. The director said the deteriorated skin of his friend's body was proof of the supposed dope fiend's drug abuse. Is he trying to pass him off as alive? No. No. Are no. you sure? I'm pretty sure. All right. Elmer's post-mortem movie career was just getting started. 
1964, the filmmaker David F. Friedman borrowed Elmer to make a brief appearance in the 1967 film She Freak. Ooh. All right, who's seen She Freak? I have not. Have you, Brandy? It should no, be on not your yet. list. Yeah. Your next review. Yeah. In 1968, Elmer's body, along with several wax figures, was sold for $10,000 to the Hollywood Wax Museum. And for the next few years, Elmer was displayed in the museum. While being exhibited there, the corpse was damaged and the tips of his ears, along with the fingers and toes, were broken off. Elmer was now considered too gruesome and not lifelike enough for the wax museum. Jesus. Well, Elmer's corpse was then purchased uh, by Ron Jeremy <laughs> to keep in his house. No. no. <laughs> okay. It was purchased by an amusement park in Long Beach. Uh, they just let him hang there on a ride, a laugh in the dark. These people didn't know they were going by a real, a real dead person. It was a fun house. Yeah, well, it wasn't so fun for Elmer. <laughs> so in 1976, it just so happened that the film crew of the Six Million Dollar Man. You remember that devil? I do. Was shooting of an which, episode. Speaking of which, Colonel, what, did, what was your thoughts on the bionic woman? You know what? I, I feel like they could have the done fuck better cares? with her. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Well, no. Well, not the time. We're she almost was a, there. She was a cheap knockoff, I think, to me. And they and they didn't give her the right bionic parts. Don't talk that way about Lindsay Wagner. No, she was a fine woman. I'm just talking about the show. I mean, if you were, you like her more than you like, who would you do? Would you, you have do a her microphone, or would you do I, the ISIS lady? Not not the Middle East ISIS, but the the. Well, you fucking see, why is this fucking happening? I feel like they should have had, like. You should. Her boyfriend <laughs> should have had some input into what they made Bionic. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? I because what I was cannot. Bionic on her? Her arms and something else. Yeah, it was like yeah. She had. A, she should have had a like a Bionic wrist. Well, not too Bionic. You got to be careful with that. <laughs> I mean, you know, just looking like oh, sorry. You know, he tried to fix that. But anyway, I don't know, Timmy. I think they. I. I just think they could have. No, Before they spent all that money on well, but they didn't. She wasn't the six million dollar woman. I think she was. What she was sixty percent. She she got she's just a bionic woman. She was just a bionic woman. Three point six million dollar woman. Six million dollar man married yeah. Shannon Fawcett. Yeah. 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 Who died of anal cancer? I, why couldn't they just say colon cancer for that? I mean, what? it just seems. <laughs> I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I, I, I know. We want people here leaving you, with facts. You have a microphone. Quit yelling at me. I, I don't even know. Stop. Tell I'm me just trying to Elmer. read the script. Tell me about Elmer. Well, I'm talking about the $6 million man right now. Timmy. And so they were shooting an episode, and if you want to look it up, it's called Carnivore Spies. That's the episode you want to look at. Um, Write that down. And it was in the Laugh in the Dark thing, the Laugh in the Dark Funhouse. Now, during the shoot, a prop man tried to move what he thought to be a wax museum. Hanging oh, from a wax or, or a wax mannequin. I'm sorry. Wax mannequin. Thank you for correcting me on that. Sure. Um, hanging from the gallows. But Elma's arm broke off. And a human bone and some mus muscle tissue were just 
visible. And the guy just, I imagine, that's pretty goddamn traumatic, wouldn't you think? You just think you're moving a mannequin, and then all of a sudden you got bone and shit hanging out. So the producers immediately contacted the coroner's office. Oh, oh that, you knew who that was. Snitches get stitches, what? That was the little Japanese guy. No, 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 Jack Klugman. Oh, yeah, yeah, Quincy. Quincy. Quincy, yes. So Quincy came in and uh, did an autopsy on him and determined that the body was a human male who had died of a gunshot wound to the chest, which seems pretty goddamn right. right that on, seems right? pretty obvious, but yeah. okay, sure. Now, the body was completely petrified, as was the man who found this some bitch hanging in a fun house, <laughs> yep. and it was covered in wax. Now, the mummy at this time, now being dead for a long time is probably a, a very good diet. So by this time, he was down to 50 pounds, Timmy. 50 pounds. My goal weight. <laughs> <laughs> now, after further research, it was discovered that it was the body of Elmer McCurdy, outlaw and three-time train robber. And I don't know that you could really call him a three-time train robber. That's yeah. being kind to him, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. He was, but he made it to the major leagues. So on April 22, 19, you know what? Well, how in the fuck does nobody claim this guy? The guy's got four moms out there, <laughs> three dads, you know, and nobody claims a body? They probably didn't know. Settle down. No, I mean in the, in the beginning, originally. Yeah, he's like. He's got a mama, he's got a, another mama, he's got a daddy, he's got a dead daddy, he's got, he's got to have all kinds of cousins. But, but they, they didn't care. care. I don't. Yeah, but they, there was money to be made None off of None of them care. Well, in any way, in any event, on April 22nd, 1977, a group of interested citizens and history lovers comprised a funeral procession to transport the long-wandering and, well, traveled, I wouldn't say wandering, but... Elma to the Boot Hill section of the Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Been there. Now, a graveside service was attended by approximately 300 people, which is about 297 more that are going to be at yours <laughs> if you don't change <laughs> your damn fair. attitude. That's fair. It'll, It'll be virtual, virtual anyway. <laughs> That's true. And it was conducted after which McCurdy was buried next to another fellow outlaw, Bill Dooling whose wax replica had been exhibited years before. Now, to ensure that McCurdy's body would rest in a permanent, in permanent peace, the casket was encased in two feet of concrete. They gave him a nice marble gravestone, and that was donated with a carved inscription that belied the many adventures of the young cowboy turned train robber. It reads, Elma McCurdy, shot by Sheriff's Posse in Osage Hills on October 7th, 1911, returned to Guthrie, Oklahoma from Los Angeles County, California, for burial April 22, 1977, Timmy. And an old cowboy boot stands sentry upside down in front of the grave, in front of the gravestone, Timmy. It's got a little camera in it. And when little kids come up, it makes noise. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, it does. It's like one of those what ring bells. What the fuck was that? They've got, 
No, you know how people come up to your door and you can say, get away from my door. It just scares the shit out. Yeah, that's what they got in the booth there. No, it's in the script. Read the script. Okay, sure. So it had been a hundred years since Elmer had begun his strange odyssey at childhood home, as a childhood home in Maine, that would take him across the continent and a century. Did you write that? Timmy, uh, well, Timmy is is really the Jack London of podcast writers, (laughs) I would say. I mean. I like to think so. Yeah. I mean, nobody can turn a phrase or paint a picture like, uh, Timmy's really the Picasso of podcast writers. Thank you, Colonel. So, I don't, and I don't think because, well, God damn it, Brandy, if you would stick to the script once in a while. People yes. would appreciate she it. She you know, She does. Good. And you know what it does? It distracts from the beauty of your prose, Timmy. Yeah, I agree, Carol. So I think, but you know what You know what it is? She doesn't want you to be known as the guy who is uh, the great scriptwriter. It's well, her. She, it's it's, it's sabotage. It's petty. It's career. It's yeah. petty career sabotage, Timmy. Because you could have been a contender. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just saying. I don't even. I'm just saying. You see, know what? Half the time, this is very nice. You know damn good and well, half the time we get a script, it's almost illegible. Running on sentences oh, and weird ass shit. Do not so, slander my friend not Timmy. Not even slandering because he makes the scripts. I'm just saying, settle the fuck down about it. I'm just saying, Timmy doesn't. Did you read the last sentence yet? Timmy doesn't get. Could somebody? Could we give some love to Timmy for these scripts? Thank you, thank you. Because thank you. I feel like he's the guy who doesn't really, you know, I get enough appreciation, and you get for some reason. Some of these people seem to like you, I, but yeah. Timmy, they told him thank you. Yeah, I told them to lower their expectations. So, but Timmy just does not get the love he deserves. And what never happens in our thing is. Uh, I need to ask, well, Elmer McCurdy, he was perhaps the most inept train robber in history, could finally rest in peace. So that is the end of that episode, except the one thing that gets left out of every episode, because, you know, Timmy Timmy cares about that, us, you know, but you don't tend to reciprocate, devil. Um, Timmy, how are you, if at all? I'm well. Thank you, Colonel. You, I was okay. just talking to him earlier. You, I don't yeah, even know. Talking what was to him happening. out on the street and no, saying, we were right here. You know, you're walking past him and like, hey, how's it going, Timmy? That, that's not the same thing. That's not really caring. That's not heartfelt. Though. I'm going to punch you in the dick. Heartfelt. That's heartfelt. <laughs> and I can do it. I can do it right now because you're right here. Oh. <laughs> okay, we got it. We got it. You got 45 minutes for um, Chuck to do his thing. Is that right, Dad? For me to okay, so I'm, I want to talk to some of you. If you would, if you really don't want me to call you, just pull your shirt up over your head. <laughs> that way, I will know that you don't want to be called upon. So the first person I think everybody is dying to hear from um, is the lovely, soon-to-be Miss. Timmy Scott, Leanne Flanagan. (laughs) 
Come on up here and grab yourself a mic. Now, <laughs> okay, you can, I'd have a bigger chair if this, but people want to, there's questions people have. There's questions people, you know, of course there. You came to the first, well, let me ask you first, how did you stumble upon this, this podcast? Well, I was, I was listening to a, a really good podcast. And, uh, and then uh, they had a commercial um, featuring you that said, um, listen to our podcast. In fact, don't listen to one, listen to two, because you might get a bad one. Oh. We could be sounds, sounds like my kind of people. We could be a little hit or miss. So you started following the podcast, decided you kind of liked it, and you were gonna. Yeah. You got involved with the group, mm -hmm. and came to DweebCon. Um, well, I met Timmy before I came to DweebCon. I missed the first one. Oh, you did miss yeah, the first one. The first one, yeah. I did not. I thought you've been at every one. No, I missed the first one. I took my mom to Rome. My oh dad passed away, so, so I missed the first one. That, that was the clash of timing. But then I met, met Timmy while he was on vacation. So you, in listening to the podcast, I have to ask you this. What made Timmy jump out at you? What was, what was the thing that was just like, you know what, there's something about this guy. Obviously, the, um, the, his uh, wealth of experience with women. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> You were just thinking this guy. This yeah, guy knows every. Yeah, he, he's experienced. He's obviously got some skills. He's not. He do, he's not going to write a book. He's kept all the secrets to himself, and I want to see yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. So you guys it then became a. Now he came over to visit. Is that when you became an official couple? So when when did we actually become official? I don't think we've actually become official. <laughs> Yeah, Timmy's still on the market because she ain't yeah. put a ring on that thing. So, so you, uh, so your first, your first, uh, Timmy came and met you, and did you know then that this is gonna be my next husband? Um, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I met Timmy in Paris. So yes. In Paris. Right. And um, yeah, and, we just and Timmy was traveling. If uh, if I've got this right, Timmy was traveling to Europe, mm -hmm. and you just said, "Hey, why don't we meet?" He yeah, she suggested. Or Timmy suggested. Yeah, he said, um, "I'll be in Paris the last week of my holiday. Do you want to meet up? It's not too far for you to travel." And you were. Like, yeah, all right then. And you weren't hesitant at all. <laughs> no, that's it's. It's it's really we're gonna have to do a uh, a hallmark dweebs a love story based on yeah, you and Timmy. We met in Paris. We got engaged in New York, and we're getting married in Kentucky. It's uh, yeah. Well, you've got all the bases covered. Yeah. And are you as uh, Timmy and I? And Timmy and I have been friends for a for for a while. I mean, for and I like to think that we're very close friends, but Timmy. Nobody can keep a secret like Timmy. You know, when you when you were getting engaged, I don't think anybody knew. Did anybody know at all, Timmy? No, nobody knew. But, but the wedding's been the worst kept secret ever. It has been. Well, as I said, Timmy can keep a secret. I, I can't keep a goddamn secret. I'll tell everybody. You know, Timmy's getting married. So you are then going to come over here. Yes. 
And uh, while I have you up here, um, how long is it going to take your background check to clear? Well, I'm, I'm pretty good with mine. I don't know how long Tim's will take. Nah, you seem sketchy to me. <laughs> are they going to let you here or is Timmy going to have to look, go live there? No, I'm coming here. You're coming here? Yeah. And that's going to be, and I know how, Do how excited Dottie is. Dottie thinks she is. Yeah. She's very excited. Yeah. I mean, Dottie has um, outwardly said she loves me more than Tim. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and Dottie loves Timmy, so yeah. that's, that's yeah. saying something. Yeah. So, but she, she, Timmy finally, after all his years of wandering, finally came home with the girl that Dottie dreamed of. So. But she did send a message today to say hello to everybody. Oh, did she? <laughs> well, Dottie, Dottie is the reason I say this all the time. Dottie is the reason we do this podcast. This one was going to disappoint. Dottie likes a lot of bodies in a podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. really body count for her. But uh, is there any questions anybody has? You'd have to ask Tim that one. Just responding to that text is all you had to do. Well, thank you. Thank you, Leanne. It's, and congratulations. We're all very, very excited. It's probably, you know, it's, it might not be the greatest podcast in the world, but one of the greatest things in the world is coming out of this podcast. So. We are proud of that. And so, let me see who I'm looking. You out there, Pirates fan or Tigers fan? Well, that's what we're gonna find out. Yeah, you didn't pull your shirt up over your head, so now you gotta ask questions. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, either way. <laughs> yeah. Give me enough to drink, and that might happen later. Okay. Well, we, sh we should do these interviews. You know what? Bring one of these mics. It doesn't even need to be turned on. I'll just. Um, so tell people because you you are you're very active on the Dead Ball page. Yes. Well, uh, I try every once in a while. Yes. But I mean, yeah. people, yeah. I know you more from the Dead Ball page. Yes. And your lack of being able to upload a, a podcast. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So you're gonna go. You're gonna do that. Oh. You're absolutely. gonna do that here. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I finally got that one. That was a miracle. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh. So this is what we're going to do. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Okay. See how the Tigers fans kind of Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I would never blame you. Never. Okay. This ends the interview <laughs> section of our... <laughs> so, so tell people... Uh, uh, what, I, what I'm always most interested in is um, how people found, tell us about yourself a little bit. Well, well I born and raised uh, uh, not in south Detroit, Detroit, southwest of Detroit, um, and south Detroit is actually Canada. Um, so I uh, grew up in, the, in those um, suburbs uh, known as Downriver, mm -hmm. and so about 10 miles from Tiger Stadium. So, so grew up wrong side there. of the tracks, basically. You were wrong uh, side of the bit, tracks. A little right? bit, yeah. yeah. So, um, born and raised there, went to broadcasting school, stayed in radio for about 13 years, then got out of that, and now work for an advertising agency. What's you on radio? Uh, I was on the air. 
Were you really? I was. That is amazing. I was on the air, and then uh, they decided I was too smart to be on the air, wow. and they moved me back into the back office, and I actually did uh, the commercial scheduling, and then moved into accounts receivable and billing, and that's actually how I got to my job today as a billing manager for an advertising no agency. Yep. And you're a hardcore Tigers fan. I am, yes. So I have to ask you, how did you stumble upon this podcast? So <coughs> it was actually um, suggested to me by another podcast, uh, Twisted Philly, hosted by Dean mm -hmm. Marie. Um, she was doing a fundraiser uh, for one of the, the fallen dweebs um, and um, uh, went in to, yeah, Hyro. Yep, yep. So uh, I got to, I got in here to do, into the original History Dweebs group to do some of the uh, fundraiser stuff to raise money. And um, ended up starting to listening and didn't know why I ever stopped. Um, just kind of continued on and I went, well, let's just see where this goes. So, yeah. When you, when you listen to the podcast, do you ever sometimes afterwards feel dirty? I feel confused. <laughs> yeah. um, but not when we're doing the podcast, dirty. we're confused. So yeah, yeah. 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 Often, um, and you have been. How this is the second week. Second week yep. come for you. Yep. yep. So, and I have to ask because you're you know a, a female and mm -hmm. you know you listen to Dweez. Why? What made you not go after Timmy? I mean, I mean, he was on the market. You know, it, it was a, it was hard for me not to just throb right at him. However, I, I held back. Huh? I held back. Well, um, well. I mean, I'm sure all of us in this room have held back. I have not. I have not. I have. True. I have made my affection for Timmy openly known, but he is. He has rejected my advances. I, I've, I've heard that about the HR from you guys <laughs> yeah, when you used to work. It was a problem. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, we appreciate you coming here. We appreciate Absolutely. everybody coming here. Yeah. But uh, the Tigers, we, I don't like the Tigers. Well, the, but the Reds didn't exactly light the fire either. Actually, didn't they set a record this year, Timmy? Hundred losses. Oh, and and guess guess what the Tigers didn't have? hundred losses. Hundred losses. They were sixty. I believe yes. they were sixty-six and ninety-six or something like that. Something, yeah, they were. They were kind of sucky, but yeah. They didn't have a hundred losses. That's all I know. Well, well, thank you, and we, uh, I, <laughs> we do appreciate you coming down. We appreciate you. You're one of the more vocal supporters of Dead Ball too. So I try. We appreciate I try. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Thanks, guys. You know, I need to catch up with who has been, um, if he can make it up to the stage, is our friend Terry Stafford. Howdy. How you doing, Malachi? I'm, I'm doing, doing wonderful. You have been, if, if you haven't seen it on the page, Malachi was featured in the newspaper not too long ago. So you're still, you still got the, you're still lacing up the boots and going at it. I still, I still get in there every now and then. I got a little bit ahead of myself this year and booked more shows than I probably should have done and suffered an injury. Which, with knee? Yeah, my knee. Knee. When you are, how long have you been doing that? 37 years. 37 years. What, what in doing that 
you know, and, and because these guys are, you know, you watch them and they're pretty, I mean, they do some crazy stuff. What scares you the most when you're doing that? I mean, what do you, what going into the ring are you thinking about, this worries me? I don't, I don't worry, worry about, about much. much. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> because, because I'm at a point, point in my career where I know, I know enough of what I do, I do that they, they can only do to me what I allow them to do to me. If well, that makes any sense. It, it, I, it does, and, and I know, you know, in any sport, I, I play baseball. I pitched. I was, you know, like you, I was very confident. I was, but every time, I was, it was always in the back of my mind, balls coming back at me. That was something that I always thought about. You know, always be ready. And that's, you know, a ball coming back at you can do a lot of damage. So I just wondered. Yeah, yeah well, my, my, my biggest fear was, I wonder if my knee would collapse during a match at any given time. That, that happened this year, and, and I'm past it. So do, in, in wrestling, the, do you see a lot of concussions there? <laughs> I have had many concussions. Have you? Many. Now, what do you do when you get a concussion? Take, Take a couple, couple of weeks, weeks off. off. Yeah. Have, because I've had five, and I've had three that were enough to keep me in bed for two or three days. Uh, you know, that's why I always wonder, how do people get up and keep coming back? But, I mean, it's just something that... Well, well the, the, the one, one thing, thing about, about a wrestler, wrestler is... and. I was, I was going to start, start a podcast years ago. I bought all the recording equipment and stuff. But, but sitting and talking to myself and not having a live audience, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know, know if I'm funny. funny. That doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter a damn mean, bit. I'm used, to, I'm used to everything I do, they react immediately. I have immediate feedback to what I do. So, so if I'm sitting there with, and I've, and I've recorded, recorded episodes, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if I think that's too damn funny. Well, you don't have to worry about it. If you think it's funny, that's all that matters. Well, that's, well, that's how, how I, that's that's how how I can tell if I told an effective joke. joke. If it, it makes, makes me laugh, laugh, I'm good with it. So you are kind of like really the Tom Brady of wrestling, would you say? You're well, just going to keep going. In, in, in the, the article, article the, guy, the, guy the guy that interviewed me asked me, how did my career last so long? And my, my honest, honest answer, and you'll see it later because I'm giving you a copy. My, 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 my answer was, I believe the, se the secret to my longevity is the fact that I wasn't that impressive to start with. <laughs> <laughs> Just flying under the radar. I mean, if you start out being super fly Jimmy Snuka, they expect that of you. Yeah. And I was always the bad guy. And Malachi's motto is, if at first you don't succeed, succeed cheat, cheat, cheat again. Mm -hmm. I can still certainly cheat. I do, I do it quite effectively. effectively. Now, do you when you're when you're doing this? Some of the moves to me they look very dangerous. You know, some of the things. You know, you grab a guy and you do the slam, slam him down. Does that guy know that's coming beforehand? Do you generally give him a, a heads up as to? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what they, they do is they, they tell you. I, I show up, up and, and my last match was in August when I blew my knee out. But what, what, the, what the promoter does is he tells you, well, it's you versus you. I want a 20-minute match. This is the person that wins. And then, then, it, 
then with, with, with no time in the, in the ring to work things out or something, we have to come, come up with a plan for a match that the, that the, that the fans, fans will enjoy mm -hmm. and that, that stays within the time limit and has the affected outcome. Right. Now, when the last match I was going to go in, and my partner was huge, he was as big as a house. He was he looked, I, looked I looked like a little kid sitting next to this guy. guy. And, and we, we went out for a tag team match, which we were, were supposed to win. Um, but when I locked up with a guy bigger than me and, and went to push him around a little bit, my knee gave out. out. And when, when he gave out, out I went right, right on my butt. And I told the referee, I said, look, I blew my knee out. I fought my way back. I got to the corner. I told my partner I blew my knee out. By this time, the referee had gone across the ring and let the other guys know I blew my knee out. So now the plan changes. So now I'm pretty much outside the ring, in the corner. And every time my partner threw the people in my corner, I attacked them like a trapdoor spider. So I'm choking them out, and I'm like attacking whenever I can, and then I can get knocked off the ring apron. So, so now, now I'm at ground level, level. I'm, I'm like, well, I ain't getting, getting back, back up there. there. There's <laughs> just no way. And I got, I got the chance to grab them and attack them from ground level. So, so the end, end result was my partner was huge enough to carry the match, and, and we won anyway. anyway. Hmm. But, but I've canceled, canceled two shows since then, and I don't think I'm doing another show before the first of the year. Well, we hope you heal up. I have my janky Dan Marino metal knee braces. Ready, ready to, to rock and roll, roll when I decide to start doing shows again. But, but they're not a long-term thing. I can't wear them for like eight hours and really wearing them for eight hours causes me more problems yeah. than just wearing them and getting them off. Right. Like, like I'm pretty stable now, but it's very painful. Well, I have to ask you, how did you stumble upon our podcast? I came up... Because <laughs> you've been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah I've been at every we've done. done. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the only reason, reason I ended up at the first one was because Rebecca Lele was going to kidnap me on the way through. <laughs> yeah. And, and I came, and I came late. But I learned, learned about, about, I'm an old guy. I learned about podcasts, so I was typing in true crime and goo goo goo. Then I said history, and then history greed popped up. And I'm like, wow, I think, I think this seems interesting. So I, I clicked on it, and I listened to you for six months before you started doing the, the first mentioned the first week con and I said I love these people these are my people right here and I the dweebs are my favorite people on the planet so yeah they are everybody and I'll keep coming until they stop having them well we will keep inviting you and we'll keep telling you until we're done well thank you Terry I appreciate you coming out couple more. You know what? Liz Lawrence. Hey. You didn't, raise your, you didn't come up your head with your jacket, so. Thank you for coming up, Liz. Thank you for coming down. Um, first question I have, obviously, for you. If you had to pick a team, what team would that be? Any team. Like, like you mean like, 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 
Team Colonel, Team Brandon. Right. I love y'all. I can't pick. But, but I would say, all right, Team Colonel. Team Colonel. All right. That's, why, that's the only Thank reason you. why you brought me up here. Okay. <laughs> you wanted someone. Throw me a damn bone here, would you? I know, I know. I said Team Colonel. Well, Timmy introduced Brandy. Everybody cheers. He gets to me. You could hear damn crickets out here. There's not a, I, Malachi, I know what it's like to be the bad guy because ain't nobody cheering for me in this place. So, yeah. So, <laughs> who said that? Jamie, there we go. There we go. Thank you. Now you are part of the Dweebs group, yes. and uh, just, I think in answering a question one time, um, said, you live in New Orleans. Yes. yes or just and that. then you said that you were originally from Cincinnati, or yes. you lived in Cincinnati a yes. long, long time. Yeah. So what got you from here to there to here again? What do you mean, like, literally, or just like? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I took a plane, I mean, I know. <laughs> but I mean, you were, how old were you? How long did you lived here? How long? Nine years. Yeah. Shout out to my friend, Christy Baldwin. Go Nativity. Yeah, and thanks for navigating her around so yeah. she yes, could be down my, here. Uh, chauffeur, love it. Um, you are, but you're in New Orleans. Yes. And what do you do in New Orleans? What don't you do in New Orleans is my question. It's like <laughs> Vegas for the South. <laughs> so you like it down there? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's, you're one of those people. Yes. Okay. Um, and you are, how long have you been listening to the show? Uh, probably since COVID, like 2020. 2020? Mm -hmm. I've like listened to every episode to survive COVID virtual school with my kids. So. How did you like virtual school? Hated it. Hated it? It's traumatizing. How did you, how did you stumble upon us? I have no clue. Um, I know my first list, like podcast was shocking details, mm -hmm. and then I like you know Terry saying like typed in true crime and history because I'm a nerd like that. I love history, and then y'all just crack me up. Like I mean, Tim with monkeys, y'all. I could have a typewriter. Monkeys. <laughs> and then you know what actually really got me like these are my people when y'all talk about references that like no one I knows about like Bobby Trendy. I was like, damn, Bobby Trendy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, like all, all those like little references, references and, and like flavor flavors and all that. That's, that's like when I was like, and then y'all talk about Cincinnati. I was like, oh, yeah. It's so home. it's like, kind of like being home again. Exactly. You brought Cincinnati to Louisiana for me. And this first WeebCon you have ever been to? Definitely. Yes. So what was your first impression? What were, were you apprehensive about being around this? It's a little intimidating. Eclectic group of people? Uh, it was. A, I was a little intimidated, but I actually felt fine because everyone talks about social anxiety on the mm -hmm. show. So I feel like, okay, it's a bunch of us that obviously are weird enough and we have like the same interests. But um, yeah, so I was like, I, I held Christy's hand for a hot second. <laughs> I'm like, I hope it's okay. But yeah, I mean, everyone's so beyond welcoming. It's amazing. It really feels like a family. I, I think that's one of the things that we've had throughout the years. I think it's uh, um, someone, uh, we were talking about people coming to see us, mm -hmm. you know, see me, Timmy, and, and I don't, you know, people are happy to see us, but. 
Yeah. Do we have security in this building at all? <laughs> um, but it really, yeah. So, but no, I think that's, I think, you know, what I said is, I don't, people don't come here to really see us. You know, well, that's not totally true. Uh, no, th I mean, they're happy to see us, but it's this group of people that have yeah. this one common thread, yes. and they are just like, kind of like a little family, and yes, they just all want to get together and mm -hmm. hang out with each other. Yeah. And you can totally be yourself. That's what's so much fun on it. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes some of you is being yourselves. Well, could, yeah. yeah, it's not, yeah, not yeah, the some. best thing, but... You know, it, it, it wor and that's the thing. Being yourself works in dweebs. Yes. Doesn't necessarily work in society. Yeah. Often it works poorly in court. Um, so. And you would know. You would know. <laughs> I, would know I would know that. I've had some dweeb moments in court. Um, so what would you like people to know about you? I don't know. Kind of boring, I think. You're, um, um, I saw the picture of your fantastic guitar. How is that coming? Just another story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop it. So you're, well, I don't know what else to ask you because I, I don't I know. I'm well. not very interested, so I'm surprised you called me. No. Well, thank you. Yeah. I love it. Well, we are very, very happy to see you when you said you were going to come and you know, so many people like to come, but again, you know, it's it's a social anxiety that, you know, I, myself, if you, you know, obviously you can tell I'm crippled by social anxiety. Yes, and very uh, painfully shy. Yeah, <laughs> painfully shy, I'm just kind of a wallflower and I stand in the background, but we really appreciate you Of coming. course, love y'all, thank you. I encourage anyone listening to just join the page. Well, we appreciate you listening because it's, you know, we were, you were talking last night, and I thought, damn, she knows more about the podcast than I do. <laughs> 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 but you probably heard more of the episodes than I have. Yeah, so. I, 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 I'm really a fan of y'all. Like, like, the, the chemistry, chemistry is just like a dysfunctional, dysfunctional family. It's Howard Stern to me, so I just. I, and it is very dysfunctional, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, well, Timmy and I are pretty much normal guys. I mean, oh, we're, yeah, we're, completely you know, normal. But. You know, you throw brandy into the mix, and it makes for yeah. entertainment, yes. I suppose. So, well, thank you. Oh, of course. Thank you for coming <laughs> up. Thank you. Thank you. See, and you did perfectly, so. Thank you. Thank you for being nice. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going to go with it. <laughs> well, clearly you cannot, we have to have this lovely lady up here who... Really, I mean, <laughs> Jessica <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. First of all, I want to say thank you for organizing everything. Everything that's been put together has been Jessica. You're welcome. It's really easy organizing international events, and it was a pleasure. It was not a not a problem at all. No, no. no. Sent a few emails. It was fine. Well, good. <laughs> now you you're pretty involved in podcasts, a lot of podcasts, or just a, a select few, or. Um, 
I am doing a lot less than I used to be because I'm working full time now. So it's just a couple. Um, so Nina, I will work for her a couple of times a year, and there's a couple of other friends that that I work for. But I was doing a lot more, but have to have a real job and financial stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, financial stability is greatly overrated. Don't don't worry about being poor. You just rely on the kindness of others. So. Okay, I'll, I'll make a note. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I have to ask you, what got you? This is your second. This is my third. Third, third. This is my yeah. third. I, yeah. Um, I heard about History Dweebs on just another podcast Facebook page, and I thought, oh, you know, I can do that and join in. And I joined the group before I listened to my first episode. <laughs> And so, and Tim did his lovely welcome, and I went, you know, full disclosure, I haven't actually listened yet, and he went, oh. Um, yeah. He said, hope you stick around. Um, and I did, I listened, and I went, these people are my kind of crazy. Um, and so, yeah, and now my husband and I listen, it's one of the few podcasts that we actually will listen to together, so. So when you... We listen on a date and we have a bet about whether or not the script will actually be started by the time we get to the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And then one time, one time we got all the way back home and it's still. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if you look on iTunes, what you find is there's no. I I think I just said this to Nina. I back in the day, I used to ask people. You could divide people up into two groups. They either loved the Eagles or they hated the Eagles, the band. And if you look at our iTunes things, they're just fives or ones. <laughs> There's no threes that like, well, the content was good, but the sound quality was, nobody ever talks about the sound quality or anything else. It's. I need to update my review. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I love these people. They're funny, they're, you know, or these are the dumbest fucking people. Please don't waste the time. They owe us. They owe me a year of my life back for listening. I listened for an hour and a half, and they still weren't into the episode. So, Johnny, for goddamn Johnny, I'm still looking for him too. He's wanted dead or alive. So, we're gonna have to make you the dweeb's historian or the dweeb's recorder. Um, so what? Do you do back in New Zealand? What is your what's a day in the life for Jessica back there? Um, well, I'm a kindergarten and first grade teacher, so my day involves a lot of snot. Usually, they're very gross, um, and I foster kittens, so really, it's just looking after other people all the time. And so, I really love coming to Dweebs Run, even though I'm kind of looking after people. Just you know, quack quack, but you know, after I've had a couple of drinks, I know someone will definitely make sure I get back to the right place. So it's, you know, it's nice to know that people here will look after me should I require. What makes someone, uh, and I, you know, after having kids of my own and thinking of their ages, what would make someone say, you know what I want to do all day? I want to be around five-year-olds. So I used to um, be a bartender. Okay. And work with drunk people, and I mean, honestly, there's not a lot of difference. Not a, there is not a lot of difference. 
don't listen really well, don't follow instructions, and most days someone will throw up. Okay. Well, quite similar. <laughs> well, I just wanted to bring you up to tell you, really, honestly, thank you so much for what, for what you did, and yeah, we do. So I'll, I'll plan next year's one. It's already started. So. <laughs> Are we ever gonna have a Colonel-themed podcast? Yeah, th or yeah, th Colonel theme do we've come because I I feel I'm sure, I'm sure that was like the third one. No. I, did I just get passed over? Because I knew we had the Revenge of Brandy and other ones, but I I feel like it was supposed to be called Colonel Khan. I've actually trademarked it. Um, well, I would have given you permission. No, you shot yourself in the foot. <laughs> so. Well, thank you for doing everything, and thank you for coming up. And we appreciate that. How are we doing on time, Timmy? That's who I was going to call up next. Yeah. Well, I, and I know that you are very active. You're a mod yes. for the Facebook group. Yes, I've been a mod for five years now, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because occasionally I'll get things, I'll get notifications where people say, hey, this was put, and I'm like, yeah, fine, let it go. <laughs> and people are like, no, no, we can't put that up there. So is that a lot of work? Um, it's not as much as it used to be. Mm. We used to have a lot more, um, let's say, interesting characters who have weeded themselves out over mm -hmm. the years, and also when we started our new page because we lost our other one. Um, face, Facebook weeded out a lot of the, the troll issues that we had, and um, people are pretty respectful of the rules that we have set, so we don't have... Every now and then we'll get somebody trying to post something, and we're like, mm, "Do we really want to put this on here?" And like, mm, "No, no, I don't think we do." And we just pass on by. But well, people, you're pretty active on the page, but you know, one thing I notice you, you you'll say a few things about yourself, but you're you're a little bit of a private person, I think. I mean, you're 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 very open when you're helping other people. If other people need help or support, you're very open. But about yourself, you're generally fairly. So tell us <laughs> about yourself. Tell us um, about you. Well, uh, I live. That we wouldn't know from the page. Something you wouldn't know from the page. Um, well, something that people wouldn't know from Facebook at all is that I've been involved in a relationship for three and a half years um, with my will. He's a good man. That's why you keep ignoring my. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. keep trying to slide yep. into yep. your the, DMs the, and you're blocking them. The so. DMs, okay. the DMs. Well, are now closed. it makes sense. I'm glad I know that. Um, now, so. And uh, 
I try to not let my world focus beyond myself and my own worries and my own issues mm -hmm. and how I handle my own stress and fears and everything else is by trying to reach out to other people and make sure they're doing okay and check in and say hi and send silly coffee memes and, <laughs> you know, just uh, try to make everybody else feel like they're, you know, a part of our family because we are a family with History Dweebs. We very much are a family. It, it, it very much is and, you know, to me, is kind of like the uh, benevolent uncle, yep. you know, the uncle that you like. Brandy is the drunk aunt that comes around at Christmas. Brandy's um, amazing. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like I'm the, uh, would you say North Star? Yes, I absolutely would. Really? The, yes, absolutely. As Timmy would say, maybe the moral compass. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I think a guided, well, here's the thing. If you're the moral compass of the show, what does that say about our morals? Well, they're, they're very relative. Okay. Is what, they, they change from, from time to time. That's fair. I'll allow that. Yes, yes, that is the, um, and, I, and I, I'm the worst person in the world for sending it's, out cards. It's my so labor I, of love every year to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We should. Thank we should. you. I, uh, I really enjoy it. I, it's, uh, it's been a really big pleasure of mine to coordinate. I mean, it's a lot of work getting everybody's addresses and creating lists and sending them back out to everybody and, and saying, here, these are the people you need to send cards to and making sure everybody should be getting as many cards as they send out. And it's, it's a, it doesn't always work out that way. And that's because sometimes we lose track of time and forget to mail things or real life happens. But um, I do know that I, I get a card from everybody. That's my dirty secret and it's not a secret anymore. Um, I get, I, I put my name on everybody's list with my address because I refuse to um, ask people to trust me with their addresses and ask people to trust me with their realities and then not give that same level of trust out. So I, I, get, a, I get a card from everybody. But I also send a card to literally every person that, that joins in on the card exchange. I send a card to every year. So... I found, yeah, I found a website for a, a New Zealand company that they would ship gifts or cards. So I bought a card from them, had them write a message in it, and sent it to her. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, I had to make sure my Jess got her card, even though well, I couldn't mail it myself. So. Well, thank you. And we do appreciate all the work. I mean, you are you're very. You're very you're active on the page. You kind of hold that together. I think. I love you guys. Um, I love everybody. Well, we we love you back. Thank so you. Thank you. I I'm not as active on the page as I should be. Um, so I really appreciate people like you that kind of pick up the slack and. Oh, thank you. And take care of. Um, it. I did speak with Tim. 
a couple of weeks ago before coming on the show, and I wrote a little bit of something down. He asked me um, very kindly to have a, a moment where we discuss the dweebs that we've lost over the mm -hmm. years since the beginning of the podcast group. Um, is it okay if I read that now? It absolutely is. I'm not a writer, and so this is this is just kind of like little vague thoughts that I sat down and I was trying to think of all the people that we had lost, and I didn't know everybody. Um, I joined the group right after Hiro had passed. Um, it was right when the fundraising was happening for Hiro's widow and his, his little girl. Um, so I didn't really know him, and of course, you know, your dad, I, I didn't meet him because I didn't make it to the dweeb cons before he passed away, so I didn't have any interactions with your dad either, but the others you did. But I just wrote a few things down okay. about everybody. I'm going to do this quickly because I know we're running out of time. Um, so since History Dweebs, the podcast fan group, whatever name it's been under has started, we've lost several people. We had Hiro, I think his last name's pronounced Grijalva, and I hope that's correct. Um, we had Bridget Clavey, Heather Phillips, Joseph Bernhardt. I got that right, Nina, right? Oh, great. Um, Donna McCune, and then Daniel Kaplan. We lost in. I'm sorry, did I miss somebody? No, who? That's. It's not Donna, it's Robin. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Donna. I didn't mean to kill you off accidentally. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm so sorry, Robin. Oh my gosh, I'm a horrible human being. Um, but so we have, but the first person was Hiro, like I said, and I didn't, I didn't know him. Um, but from everything I heard from him, he was always really lighthearted and he was very positive and was always trying to be helpful to other people. Bridget was an interesting, fun, sassy character, and she just loved makeup and fashion and giving Chuck a hard time all the time and she just she was such a bright shiny light like always always just making jokes and and finding fun and she was the first person when I first set up the first Christmas card exchange Bridget was the first person to say sign me up I want in on this and she joined in um when we got ready to do our second year of doing that, she also immediately was like, yes, I want to do that again. And then she passed away um, right before I started making the lists. And when I had to delete her name from my spreadsheet, I cried a whole lot. Um, then we had Heather. Heather Phillips was so colorful. She was bright and beautiful and sassy and fun. And she had a love of new kids on the block and old weird cookbooks and making funny recipes of just the most random jello creations and putting pictures of them. And she loved starting selfie threads because she loved to see 
everybody's Everybody. smiling faces. And she and loved, she loved ben. ben. Um and he loved her so much. Uh, Ben's not with us this week. He's home. He had he didn't come up here this weekend, um, but he's very special creature. Uh, Robin, Robin was somebody that I spent a lot of time speaking with, like a lot of time, and that's why my brain is going, oh no, I got the wrong name. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to Robin. She and I would talk about recipes and our kids and our families, and she would talk about her cancer treatments. Um, I had to move at one point, and I couldn't find my favorite coffee cup. And two days later, I got a package in the mail at my new home, which was where my Christmas cards go to, um, with a coffee cup and two pounds of coffee in it, because she's like, I want you to be able to have your coffee. And that was right after she had been diagnosed with her cancer. And we did lose her, and that was that was a very, very sad moment for me, because she was so incredibly sweet. Um, I did not get to meet Nina's dad, Joe, but everybody always told me, every time I've talked to anybody about them, you've always said how he was just so incredibly smart and so knowledgeable about things that you could just, or you said, Chuck, that you would sit and talk to him for hours. Well, the reason we started doing interviews after the things was because of Joe. Yeah. Because I had met Joe the night before, and he, I just sat and talked to him, uh, I mean, just all night. I had to bug the guy to death. But he had the greatest stories, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to call him up and let everybody know who Joe is. So he was, he's, Joe is, is always going to be part of DweebCon. Yeah. So that's and then um, this year, earlier this year, we did lose um, one member, Daniel Kaplan. Um, I do want to read something very specific that I wrote down because our friend Fallon, who is not here, um, she just recently moved into a new place and wasn't able to make it. Um, I, she was very close with Dan, and I wanted to ask her what, if there was one thing she would like everybody to know about Dan, she says, and I quote, Dan was a beautifully complicated human being with a huge heart. He always reminded me to stay positive and shared his love of music and weed with me. Um, end quote. And I said, Dan, he did. He loved music and horror movies, and he never met a Reese's Cup that he didn't love. He ate like a toddler. I don't think he ever ate vegetables. Um, we made a joke that if he ever ate something green once, he might die because he's like, no, I smoke weed. Green's good. Um, but he, uh, he, was an, he was troubled, and he had his demons, but um, he hated Christmas, which is because his birthday was on Christmas, and he always felt ripped off because his birthday and Christmas were the same day, and it just, it wasn't a great day for him. But he signed up for our Christmas, for our dweeb card exchange. He signed up for it every year, and he loved getting sending the cards and he sent postcards with his cards and he loved receiving his cards and even though he hated Christmas when his mom went back to his house after he had passed and was going through his stuff she found every last card that any of us sweeps had sent him because he treasured them they meant something to him um 
and he had this weird obsession with Grady Judd, who is my county sheriff. I don't know if you guys know who Grady Judd is. He's just ridiculous, and he does um, he does strange, you know, where they sit and they interview you and press conferences. He does press conferences for everything, and they like to do sexual predators things and stuff. But last year at Christmas time, they came up with a Grady Judd bobblehead doll that went for sale that they were raising for money for donating. And Dan reached out to me. He's like, oh, my God, Jamie, you have got to find me this Grady Judd bobblehead doll because he was obsessed with him. And I, and I tried to find one, and they were sold out everywhere. But anytime I see him now, it reminds me of Dan. There's a lot of things that are always going to remind me of Dan. Um, so those are the people that we have lost. Um, they're gone, but like everybody else, they're part of our Dweeb family, and they're forever going to be part of our Dweeb family. Um, and if you all could join, just join me in a moment remembering those that are gone but never forgotten. And that, I think, is a beautiful way to wrap things up here. So thank you, everybody, for coming here. We appreciate it. We appreciate the support you show us throughout the year. And we will be back out with you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.